Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. Many people today spend a lot of time looking at screens like phones, tablets, and computers. The high visual demands of screen usage can make us feel tired and stressed. ScreenFit is a six-week vision wellness program made by eye doctors to help develop healthy visual habits and relieve the stress that screens can place on our visual system. By learning about how to take care of our eyes and using helpful tips, we can improve our well-being and get more done. If you spend a lot of time looking at screens, you owe it to yourself to try ScreenFit. You can visit www.screenfit.com to learn more and receive 10% off any program enrollment by using our promo code VIMT10. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020. We hope that you are having a great week so far. Uh, It's going to be a Dr. Z and Dr. L episode, but before we do that, let's just talk about our weekly insight, which is we just wanted to highlight something that's been going on in the optometric world. Recently on the Today Show, they had on an ophthalmologist to discuss all things about healthy eyes. And the question came up what the difference was between optometrist and ophthalmologist. And she she sort of just wrote our profession off as a, being a really good place to get glasses and contact lenses only, which obviously the optometry community kind of went up in arms about this because that is really diminishing what we can do. And it was really disheartening to hear an ophthalmologist on a huge network and a daytime platform just say that that was all that we could do. So the optometric community and the AOA have really stepped up to communicate to the Today Show and this ophthalmologist to correct for her seemingly shortcomings of what optometry can do, because we know that we can do so much more. So we just wanted to bring light to this and to share with those around you that optometrists can do so much more than just glasses and contact lenses. Yeah, absolutely. I know this is a question we get a lot in the exam room because the terminology is confusing. Um, and there's a lot of patients who have an optometrist and an ophthalmologist that they see and they're wondering if they're doing double duty. And I usually explain to patients as optometrists, we can really manage them fully up until the point of surgery. And then that's when you know you and I typically hand them off to an ophthalmologist. So while there's a lot of overlap between what the two of us can do, and um, we can bring different perspectives to piece and how we manage them. And there's a lot that both of us can do. So I think it's important that we continue to educate the public on the similarities and differences between the two professions. Yeah. And I think the the biggest thing is that I know that you and I practice this way, that it's not one or the other, it's both together because we should really be working with our ophthalmology colleagues to really provide the best care for our patients because we do we we both have different strengths and that's the beauty of both professions so like you said we're just going to continue sharing this message with um, our patients and i hope that you guys share that message too so for today's episode both dr l and i have two cases that are very similar and how the patients presented to us so i'm going to go first i had a 45 year old male come to me in the fall that had 
been referred from his occupational therapist. She does uh, brain mapping. We've had her on the podcast uh, before, back a few episodes, really. I think it was like season one of Vision is More Than 2020. We had Molly Pickett on to talk about neurofeedback. So if you are interested, you can tune into that episode. But she had seen him and said, you have some eye stuff going on. Before I start all of this, you need to get that rectified. So his history is a little interesting because he found her because he had this low level dizziness for 20 years, <laughs> 20. I, I didn't mix that up. He actually said, I've just been dizzy for 20 years. Uh, he never had any major concussions and he'd seen every, literally every specialist under the sun that couldn't really explain his dizziness or get, it never gave him a solution for his dizziness. And he just was just overall just uncomfortable. And because of this low level dizziness, he also really struggled with anxiety. And especially while driving, he would have episodes of panic attacks and things like of that nature. And he just at this point in his life was just like, I need to find a solution because it's not getting any better. And it's actually getting worse. So his history uh, is a little different. He had something called walled-eyed exotropia. So his two eyes like went out towards the walls and he had surgery for that at three. So cosmetically, when you looked at him, he was dead on straight. You would have never known that he his eyes weren't aligned. But with much more careful observation on my end, I could see that he had this slight vertical deviation to his eyes, both at the distance and the near his right eye was a little bit higher. And at near, he also had a little horizontal component. He had the tendency for his eyes to turn in a little bit. When I looked at his 3D vision, his depth perception, it was definitely reduced. Uh, we look at it in two ways and his, his global stereopsis, he could identify that there was shapes there, but was really those figures were more amorphous than like the star the square anything like that and then looking at his virgins ranges they were super narrow and super tight meaning that i couldn't put too much prism in front of him before he would break into double and then it would be i had to take the prism completely away in order for him to regain single vision so i really said to him like i think it's time that we implement one some prism in your glasses to help compensate for that vertical deviation and i put him in vision therapy to really work on his overall visual system because everything was kind of overlaid very reduced yeah, I've seen this patient uh, one time I did his mid therapy reevaluation, where he was reporting that his vision seemed more clear and more stable to him. Um, he had actually just received the distance glasses where we had prescribed a little bit of vertical prism a few days prior to his reevaluation with me. And he noted that really helps clear things up and feel more comfortable for him. Um, and along with that, he was able to do computer work, which is a big bulk of what he had to do for his career much more comfortably as well. Um, and the exam showed that his eye teaming ability was improving, his 3D vision was improving, and we continued on in therapy. Yeah, and I actually just saw him for a vision therapy session the other day. Uh, I don't, we, Dr. Ellen, I don't get to see the patients very frequently in the therapy room, but I got to, I had the opportunity to see him. And it was really encouraging to hear that he was like, 
I, you know, I'm still getting some dizziness, but it's significantly better. But the place that he has found the most improvement is while driving. He's not as anxious and is not experiencing those panic attacks that were debilitating his life. And he was like, I can't believe that I lived with this for so long without a solution. He and, you know, he's the first to say I'm not all the way there, but this is such a significant improvement that I want to continue therapy because it's not only helped my vision, but it's helped my mental state and my anxiety. And that is by far the most important things for us to hear that we're changing how he's functioning in his everyday life. Right. And I think that's a huge takeaway from cases like these, because obviously when you and I see a patient like this, we know how to manage them. We know there's a lot of treatment options. We could try prism. We can try a course of vision therapy, but another big piece of their management is just that exclamation explanation piece of telling them that there is something going on in their visual system that explains their symptoms. And that sometimes is the most comforting thing to the patient, much more so than anything we can do to help alleviate their symptoms. Just knowing that there's a reason they've been feeling this way and that they're not crazy can make a world of difference. And so for anyone listening that doesn't manage double vision. So what Dr. L was going to say was that for those doctors that don't always manage double vision, it's really important to just listen to your patients. If your patients are saying that they're getting some ghosting or some mild double vision, if that's not in your wheelhouse, refer to somebody that it is in their wheelhouse because we have so many patients that go to doctor, to doctor, to doctor that just don't ever take the time to look at these small deviations that when corrected for can have huge impacts. And we had a little glitch with our audio recording. So Dr. L's case got cut off, but this was a case where she had someone that came in for just a routine exam. And then through Dr. L's case history, she found out that this woman was experiencing double vision for many years and had seen literally every physician under the sun and no one ever talked to her about her double vision and the deviations that she had. And first off, she was just so grateful for Dr. L listening to her and explaining to her why she was feeling what she was feeling. And secondly, she was relieved that there was some sort of resolution for what she's been dealing with. So she wasn't at the point of my patient that had anxiety around his lack of good visual function, but it was getting to that point. And she just felt like maybe I'm making it up in my head. And when Dr. L said, no, there's a reason for why you're feeling the way you're feeling. It was incredibly validating. And her case is coming back next week to trial some PRISM. This is just the take-home message for the doctors listening that you really need to talk to your patients and really listen to what they're saying and explore their visual system to see if you can find the etiology of what they're what they're saying. And for patients and parents listening, don't stop looking for answers. If you feel like something is wrong, then find a doctor that is willing to go above and beyond to find the reason why you're experiencing what you're experiencing. 
So like I said, two weeks ago, we'll be posting every other week. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to connecting with you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Follow us at Twin Forks Optometry on Facebook and Instagram. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.